welcome to the Spiritual Intelligence Podcast, Awakening Your Inner Power with Daniel Martinez-Stahl, where we will explore, discover, and integrate different aspects of our spiritual and human nature so that we can all thrive and live life with more grace and ease instead of struggle. Welcome to the Spiritual Intelligence Podcast once again. My name is Daniel Martinez-Stahl, and today I'm joined by Harry Derbitsky. Harry is someone that I have uh, just actually recently connected with, but I'm very excited about um, where this conversation is going to go today and also where my relationship with Harry is going to go in the future as well. There's... um, there's alignment that I feel between us and, and a lot of excitement on my end whenever I, I think about uh, this conversation. So anyway, um, I'll let Harry introduce himself um, at a very high level. For me, what's really exciting is that Harry has a lot of experience uh, with the three principles, and he has spent years also within the indigenous community Uh, And so for me, again, that balance between the two and the collaboration between both spaces is um, one of the reasons that, again, I was really interested in in having them be part of this conversation. So, Harry, if you could just give a little background uh, about you and then we'll get started from there. Yeah, um, well, basically, my company is called ACT Training Inc. or Advanced Coaches Training, and uh, I was an original student of Sydney Banks, and in the context of that, I I was looking for the spiritual nature of life, for the spiritual nature of the principles, and not so much to connect it to the practical aspect of life. I just sort of wanted to find out my connection to God, and the reason I mention it like that is that in the three principles, which often is seen as a spiritual psychological paradigm with heavy emphasis on the psychological, I place much more emphasis on the spiritual side. So clients who come to me through the three principles world are either have had a transformation or some kind of experience, but they feel limited by what they have absorbed and they're looking for the ability to soar with the eagles, which is of course an indigenous uh, image type of thing. And those who want to soar, who want to go into the beyond mind type of understanding of what the formless nature of the principles are, those are the clients and people that are are attracted to to what I do. And and, and to to, uh, complement that, When the psychologists came, everybody went into following and being with the psychologists. And I went in instead into the indigenous world and the mystical world. And and within that, I I experienced certain mystical insights to complement what I had learned from Sid. Uh, And uh, it it, it served to to provide me with an... uh, a bit of a unique perspective, the perspective of where Sid was coming from, not where 3P is coming from, not where the psychologists are coming from, but where Sid was coming from. 
So he was interested in the spiritual nature of the principles. Now, interesting, when the psychologist came, Daniel, what happened was he had to talk to them and he'd only basically talk to hippies and so on type of people. And I thought, well, he must have changed what he talked about to them, but he didn't really. With the hippies or the, the first group of people, what he talked about was, was simple, what mind is. Of course, mind, he defined when the psychologist came as uh, a, a psychological word for God. So he talked about God and consciousness, etc. And so mind became that word. And then, so he, how, what, what is mind? And then he added a half sentence for the psychologist because they're practical people dealing with the practical level of wrong thinking. And the half phrase he added was, and how it applies to life. So we had this, what the spiritual nature of mind and how it applies to life to make you a better human being. So the, the object of, of the exercise was not to be a teacher or a coach or to change the world. The object was to become a better human being. And as you became a better human being, you naturally shared more love. You, you, you naturally thought less in the negative sphere of life and the psychological uh, worked its way through. Now, the problem I had was Sid loved that I was in the indigenous world because I was the only guy in it. He said, ah, you found a niche, you're a smarty pants. And, uh, and the first thing he said to me, don't call it mind, thought, and consciousness. Call it spirit, thought, and consciousness with the indigenous. They don't want to hear about mind. They want to hear about spirit. And perhaps your crowd is also interested in, you know, spirit and, and what, it, what it translates. And the indigenous have portals that are opened up, Daniel, that uh, perhaps in your Spanish culture, they have portals you notice that are open up that, that let's say the non-Spanish people have trouble relating to the gifts that the people have. And the indigenous have big portals opened up. And of course, some portals not open up that white people have or non-indigenous people have. But these openings allow them to tap into the spiritual nature of silence. That's what they, I, I asked the, an elder, how, how come the indigenous walk so easily into silence? Because they do. And he says, it's instinctual to us. I said, ah, of course. And then I, I related, and it's instinctual to everyone, except some people just aren't open to it, so they don't walk into it. But it is instinctual to us as a human being to walk into the silence. And when we walk into the silence, we experience psychological healing. We experience physical healing. We experience creativity and positive positive direction we can hear the thought creates a feeling now when Sid's talked about that he whenever Sid used the word thought primarily he wasn't talking psychological thought he was talking spiritual thought so when he's saying change thought 
he means from the higher dimension of thought, not from the psychological level of thought. But at the psychological level, it works to a degree as well. And so I started to have to put the pieces together. And for quite a long time, I didn't put the pieces together. So I was kind of uh, not getting his true message, the purity of his message. And then at 65, I decided, I'm, forget about life. I wasn't interested anymore. And I just got happy and content. I had no money and I just got happy and content. And life simplified, really simplified. And then for about four years, I wanna talk about how practical this is. So for four years, I just got happy and content. And what happened was 90% of my bad habits dropped away. I didn't work on them, Daniel. They dropped away. And I said, oh, is that the way it works? If you don't think about it. <laughs> hasta la vista. <laughs> like they say, the penny dropped. <laughs> penny dropped. Yeah, that's right. And you can hear it, you know, and pick it up you know, type of thing. So the penny drops and, and I see, oh, all the time I've been wasting my time talking about the problem and trying to fix the problem or worrying about the problem or being aggravated by the problem or experiencing panic around the problem. And it creates worry and stress and anxiety, all those big words that the, the, the community of life love to talk about. And the answer to it is avoid it. But of course, the, the level of psychology today is no, no, no. Point, pick it, point at it, hit it hard, find out what it means. And then once you see what it is, you'll get rid of it. It works the exact opposite. The less you think about it, the more relaxed you are about it, uh, the easier it flows on by. It's kind of like the story that my co-host of Addiction, Alcoholism and Three Principles does called Greg Suki. He said, upstream there's a, a bear and it drops a big load of poop and, it, and you're fishing downstream and you, you pull it up oh, and you pull the poop in and you examine it and play with it. And then you suddenly realize, oh my God, it's poop. And you throw it back in the stream and it continues to float on by. Of course, you got to wash your hands and get rid of the smell. And then the bear, of course, is a, as a piggy and it eats another, plops another big poop in there. You're just gonna, you pull it in and, and go on and you examine it and go, oh my God, it's another piece of poop. And you throw it back in the stream finally. And then the, by the third time you go, oh, it's a poop floating in the water. I think I'll let it float on by. We're, that's the psychological. If people say, well, it can't be that simple because whenever I think about my problem, the thinking is the creation of netting the poop and examining it. And as soon as you think about it, you're stuck within it because thought creates form, thought creates energy, thought creates feeling. And with thought and consciousness, all of a sudden a reality is created. So you simply went in, the, in those four years, all that happened was life got easy. 
I didn't have much money. And then money started to come. It shouldn't have come, but it did. And uh, I, uh, I didn't have, I had all these psychological hangups and stuff and they just washed away. And I, I looked, I said, when did I become a nicer person? People are complimenting me and oh, you're so kind, <laughs> gentle. And my daughter, who who's married to this beautiful guy, would talk about me. She said, Dad had a terrible temper. And he said, he says, Well, who are you talking about? He says, My dad. She, he says, He can't be your dad. He never loses his temper. I said, No, no, he lost his temper. He says, That's impossible. He never loses his temper. It's just I just had become different. You see, the level of consciousness, the spiritual level heals, the psychological level contaminates. That's its nature. Psychologically, the way your little mind works, it's in a constant state of turmoil all the time, ever-changing, never solid, consistent. The level of inside, the spiritual level, is always constant. Are you going to deal with the always constant or the ever-changing to try and figure out what something is? The ever-constant is the simple one. The ever-changing is impossible to get your head around. That's psychology. And so the ever-constant, I stepped into that feeling. I all of a sudden was content and happy. All of a sudden I said, that's part of the nature of the three principles. Happiness and contentment. Oh, you know, I know they're spiritual and they're psychological and, you know, and all that stuff. But, you know, their happiness and contentment is a product of that. And then at 69, the practical side of the miracle, you see people, you're living in the, in the physical world. You're not moving very fast. You're stuck in time. I don't care what you're achieving. You might be making a million dollars or a zillion dollars today, but you're stuck because you're not evolving with the magic of life, the spirit of life. You've got to go beyond your head or you ain't going nowhere. Zippo, you're going to have a, you, you might have a big ego and think you're doing really good, like, you know, some of the guys in the States, but it doesn't mean you are doing great. It just means you're trying to convince yourself you're doing great. The, the reality, the reality is when you, when, when magic happens in your life, you go beyond your dreams. You don't achieve your dreams. You go beyond your dreams. Is which would you rather, Daniel, achieve your dream or go beyond your dream? <laughs> Let me think about that. <laughs> great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, so I do want to answer your question, but I also want to get started, and and I don't want to ignore your question. Of course, I would like to go beyond my dreams. Um, there's a, a conversation that I heard the other day that we are, as a planet and as a, a, a race of humanity, our community is evolving, and part of this evolution is going to get to a point where we won't even recognize ourselves, where we won't, we have no way of understanding what is available to us because we have no concept of it. 
And for me, that's what going beyond dreams is, is you're going to experience things and things will happen and life is going to become something more than we can even imagine. And for me, that's what going beyond dreams is. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. So let me ask you a question just to kind of get the conversation started. Awakening to your inner power is a phrase that helped me in the, the creation of this podcast. So I would love to get your thoughts on what does inner power mean to you? Inner power is, is a really simple concept. It's not a, it's not a image. It's a fact. So the more you can feel the reality, which is your inner power, the more real you're acknowledging God, the more real you're acknowledging the God in you, the more you can trust the fact of life rather than the illusions created by the thoughts of mankind. So inner power, which is, an, by the way, an indigenous term, gathering personal power, is just simply the ability to to feel the presence of, of God within you and being able to trust the guidance of that aspect of it and dropping what you personally think, your beliefs, dropping your beliefs, not paying attention. It's not like your little mind, Daniel, stops. It's just you're paying attention to the real goods, personal power, rather than illusionary power, which is ego. So people out there are worshiping the physical form. They're paying more attention to their lack of personal power and their mental thinking, thinking that if they give that up, those ideas, they'll lose who they are, their identity. But Sidney Banks talked about your spiritual identity. That's personal power. Can you speak a little bit more about that spiritual identity? Sure. The, 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 the reality is what we are and what we're not. What we are is a spiritual identity. We are spirit. Under the illusion that you and I are separate, under the illusion that because I have free will to think what I want, I can do whatever I want to do. But I wasn't brought here to do what I want to do. I was brought here to share love and caring and compassion. I was here to help. I was here to be part of the greater. So as soon as you include anything beyond your own being, you're, you're in the road to recovery. You're into the road of oneness. Spiritual identity means oneness. simple eh? that's simple mm -hmm. would you be able to speak to me or speak to us a little bit about some of the i wanted to say some of the lessons that you learned from your experience in in the indigenous culture um but that doesn't quite feel right but i would love to learn more about your experience in the indigenous culture well each person you see, 
Sid said in his unpublished biography, psychology did not, he did not pick psychology. Psychology picked him. So when everyone went into psychology and, and, and so on, I knew I couldn't go there. I wasn't interested in it. So indigenous picked me and took me into the mystical part of the world because I was much more interested in the mystical side of the journey rather than the psychological side of the journey. But what it did was it took me uh, into things, Sid explained it fully and it was very simple, but I needed something a little more exotic. And so the indigenous teaching with the pursuit of Indigenous wisdom, how does it relate to 3P wisdom? How do the two connect together as one? So that became my journey because I wasn't, couldn't see it. And as I stepped into the Indigenous world, I saw that I didn't want to work with the chiefs and the administration, and I wanted to work with the spirit people. I was more interested in that. White people, I wanted to work with the business thing because there was money in it. But with the indigenous, I was much more interested in the wisdom and the, the spiritual ceremonies and, and so on. So I went into that aspect of it. And as I went into it, they still wouldn't listen to me. But then um, I helped uh, an indigenous man in Nevada who was in prison and he was the lead pipe carrier for the Nevada prisons. I never met him, we just wrote. And he sent me a pipe, an incredible pipe, very powerful pipe, was the lead pipe for the Nevada prison district and he was the lead pipe carrier. And I became a pipe carrier. And within that pipe carrier, I then took two indigenous names, Standing Elk and Buffalo Spirit, walks the earth. And, and within the pipe, it provided me with two things that I, that I needed to have to grow in the mystical world. First, you have to share, of course, and they wouldn't listen to me. But when I was a pipe carrier, they would listen to me. It's like a PhD in the white world, except way higher than a PhD. And so, so now I had the highest degree. And also you have to remember, I wasn't an apprentice pipe carrier because I already knew, had gone inside and I had connected with the three principles. So I had an anchor in the mystical world. It's easy to get lost, really easy to get lost. And so I had that, that, that type of experience. And, and then the pipe started to talk to me it started to guide me and it started to bring me good luck. And it started to, I started to open up to my mystical gifts. So I started to understand the mystical nature of Harry in terms of sharing the pipe, which at a certain point, the pipe ceremony and the three P sharing became one. They were no different. And at that point I had joined the two worlds into one. Simple, eh? Simple. <laughs> Always going back to simplicity. So, 
in terms of deepening your understanding of of your spiritual nature through your the mystical aspect of your ceremonies can you speak a little bit more about that let me let me preempt it with and then i'll describe an experience yeah that would be great okay so the first the first thing is is when you enter as a white man into the spiritual mystical nature with as a pipe carrier naturally there's competition and jealousy and stupidity so they all wanted me to follow them but they weren't living their words and they all wanted me they all wanted me to be part of the ceremony but to follow them because they knew if I was there, the ceremony would go higher, would go deeper. It would be a, a more spiritual experience. I'm not going to get into that aspect of it. And so at a certain point, I became confused. And, 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 and I don't get confused very often, but I was very confused. And I went to Nevada I happened to, to visit, to find out uh, the to meet now what this pipe carrier had been let out of prison after 35 years or so. And because uh, uh, in the States, they throw away the key, Daniel. They're really stupid. And uh, uh, so um, I, I, I took the pipe and I went to Grapevine Canyon. And whenever I bring the pipe out, an eagle always comes in, in Nevada, always, 100% of the time. So an eagle comes and it's, there's petroglyphs and, uh, and, then, and then I have a, a mystical gift of talking to sandstone rocks. They talk to me. And so I said, so now I have a, I have a little concave. It's 110 degrees. I've got everything laid out. I have the pipe. And I say, and I'm bewildered. I'm beaten. And I say, am I a pipe carrier? And they say, the spirits that see, nobody can make you a pipe carrier. No human can make you a pipe carrier. Only the spirit can make you a pipe carrier. You can practice and learn as an apprentice, but until the spirit tells you you're a pipe carrier, personal power here, you aren't. And the pipe and the spirit said to me, oh, we love, you are absolutely a pipe carrier. We love what you're doing. And then I said, well, why are they telling me all this stuff to do? And, and he said, oh, don't worry about that stuff. That's for them, not for you. You're already way above that. I said, oh, well, that feels kind of easy. I can, I can deal with that. So I, at that moment, I became a pipe carrier. And then I said to them, well, how come I'm not sharing more with the people? You know, we, we have some wisdom and we want to help. And he said, oh, don't worry about that. You follow this and you won't, you'll see that it will work out. You do your best, Harry, and we'll take care of the rest. And that's the mantra. You do your best, Daniel, and the spirit will take <laughs> care of the rest. You know, that's all you have to do is your best. And you know, sometimes you always, you don't do your best and it doesn't work out and you feel guilty. But if you do your best and it doesn't work out, it feels good. 
because you can't do better than your best. But most times when you do your best, it works out. So I then went back into Vancouver and the area and stuff. Of course, they wanted me to follow them. I wasn't following them anymore because I knew that they were wanting, they were like, they needed their beliefs supported. They were on a belief system still. They needed their beliefs supported. And if I said no, it shook their their belief system up. That's the way religion is or shamanism is. And so I I was on my own now. You see that independent feeling? Personal power. Independent to what other people think. Personal power. You don't care. You don't care about results. You don't care about any of this stuff. You're detached. And so I just started to share where the energy, see the spirit brings. And so now I'm going to talk about um, uh, an experience. I have had many of these. So one of my dear friends, indigenous friends passed away. I decided to do a pipe ceremony for her. In the indigenous world, there's, they call them smoke signals. It's just like word goes out like wildfire. So 200 people show up for this pipe ceremony, all indigenous, all the wisest elders. And there's one guy in the middle who's doing the pipe ceremony, me, the white guy, the only white guy in the whole setting. And I'm doing the pipe ceremony. And I go, ah, don't think, Harry, or you're cooked. You're dead meat. <laughs> honest. I, I, honest. 3P, eh? Okay, <laughs> or you're dead meat. And I started the ceremony. It was about an hour and a half, two hours, with beautiful and and stuff. I have a lot of great medicines and stuff. And at the end, this, the wisest elder got up and said, "Harry's teaching us to pray." That's that's unbelievable that a white guy can be in the middle of. The, the whole Indian tribes and be, the, be doing the ceremony. And recently I just went up north a little bit. Uh, two elders asked me to come up. She was celebrating her 70th birthday. And again, I did it in front of 40 people. And, uh, and it was beautiful and powerful pipe ceremony. All I'm being is myself. You see, before I tried to do it Indian style, but I'm not an Indian, Daniel. I'm a, I'm a 74 year old Jew, you know? So, you know, maybe I'm entitled to sell a few pennies, but, you know, but the reality of it is I have no background at all in it, but they all know I'm inside the bubble. You see, Daniel, there's bubbles. And most of the people, 98% of the non indigenous 99.9% of the non-Indigenous people are outside the bubble, thinking they know what it's like being inside the bubble. I am inside the bubble. They know it. They can feel it because that's their Indigenous. They can feel the bullshit and the truth and the personal power. And so I'm allowed to play. Not, am I accepted by all of them? No, because they're full of hokey pokey too. But the wise ones, you bet, they love me. And why do they love me? Because I love them? 
And how do I see them? I don't see them as indigenous. They're just people, spirit people like you. You're a shaman sharing the truth as you see it. I'll give you a feather after this show. God, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, so you can see the, the growing as I'm exposed to, sh to unusual sharing. So if I can do that, of course, what happened was addiction, alcoholism, and free principles came to me. Did I know anything about indigenous? No. Did I know anything about addiction? No. Never been addicted. Never took a psychology course. Became a leading expert in 3P. Did our shows for three and a half years. Uh, 25,000 downloads in the last year type of thing in our podcasts and uh, two and a half million after show minutes viewed on the on the stuff and and that so and then we, we stopped that and now I'm doing Tahid spiritual unity of the three principles taking three principles into the Muslim community obviously it's a perfect combination we've got a 27 year old Muslim from Morocco and a 74 year old Jew from Canada these two groups get along so well that, of course, there is no problem whatsoever. But again, there's no prejudice. It's just we're just sharing love. It's all love, guys. You share love, you get love. You share bullshit, guess what you get? Oh, there's that cow down coming downstream. I'm going to net it, you know, instead of letting it go on by. And now I'm doing another show, uh, not another show, a group, a closed group of six. Mental health transformation, six people who have had major transformations. And we've done it in the last four months, about 20 podcasts and webinars, and we're taking it out to the world. Oh, expert, obviously I am, because A, I've never been mentally ill, diagnosed anyway. And uh, B, I've never taken a psychology course. And uh, C, I don't teach mental illness. I don't teach anxiety. Client comes to me, she says, oh, I'm highly anxious. I figure, well, that's about five minutes. You know, I need 10 sessions minimum. Okay. I said, okay. And she says, I want to pay. Okay. You know, I'd do it for free, but if you want to pay, go ahead. And, and the second session, I say, how are you doing? She says, well, actually, really, really good. I says, well, isn't that better than anxiety? She says, actually, yeah, she had it already, but she had to do the other eight sessions she paid for. It. And how many times, Daniel, did I talk about anxiety in the whole time? Probably not once. Probably not once. I'm not interested <laughs> in anxiety. I'm interested yeah. in happiness and contentment. For people that are listening to this and are currently experiencing challenges in their life which everybody is which everybody goes through and everybody is in some degree or another at some point or another and we will always continue to be faced with challenges regardless of what we know and what we're learning that's right but i would love to get whether your thoughts physical, hmm? let's go uh, ahead whether they're physical physical mental spiritual uh psychological whatever they're, they come in many different financial, emotional, they come in many different uh, bundles. 
Sure. So I would love to get your thoughts on what you would share that would help somebody that is currently struggling. Well, the, it's very simple. Let's deal it with it for, from two perspectives, the psychological perspective and the spiritual perspective, because they're slightly different answers, but they're both saying the same thing, or they both lead to the same answer. From the psychological level, all problems, whatever they are, are caused by one thing and only one thing. All problems, they're all caused by overthinking. So every client comes to me, every client, no matter what the description of the challenge and the problem is, mental health scenario, I'm bipolar, or I'm addicted to heroin, or or I've got uh, I'm stressed out by and I'm overworking. It's all caused by the the same thing. They don't like their thoughts, and they want to know how to control them. So all problems are caused by overthinking, and you can't control your thought. It's impossible. So that alone. Is is a is a hint. So I had a I had I had a scenario in Colombia where I was cl- teaching a closed group of South Americans. I think you're South American, is that right? Uh, from Guatemala, so Central America. Yeah, Central, close enough, pretty close. You know, no <laughs> offense, but for North Americans, yes. that's that's yes. good enough. Anything, south of, I'm south of I'm south of United States. <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I know Guatemala is next to Mexico and stuff, but but basically that Central America and South America, you all look the same. So you know, <laughs> and you all speak Spanish, you know, type of thing. So you know, so you're Guatemalan, and, and um, so so this is Colombian, and um, and I guess a couple other South American, six of them anyway. And they, I said, bring me a client. I'll teach you how to counsel them. The only problem is, and I, this was a session, that was sessions that were going great, Daniel. Only problem was I had never really done uh, a counseling in front of clients before. And of course, if I blow it, it's the, the whole sessions are all goodbye. And so they, they brought one. And so I went through that first thought scenario. You see it? insecurity. You hear it? Oh, if I don't do well, and I'll lose all the crowd and all this. And then all of a sudden, I calmed down. And I realized, wait a sec, all problems are caused by overthinking. I know how to answer that question. If they calm their mind down, go to a quieter feeling, that I understand. I don't know the descriptions of the problems. You don't get into the description of the problems. You get into the essence of the principles. The wrong use of thought, overthinking, is the cause. First cause is indigenous race. You use the word personal power. They use personal power. They also use the phrase first cause. Psychology, eighth cause you know, way down the road type of thing, and then bring it back to fourth cause, but not to first cause, first cause. 
So all problems are caused by overthinking. So all of a sudden I was relaxed. I said, well, I can answer that question. And sure enough, the guy comes on and he says, well, I have a drinking. I said, nah, that's not your problem. Come on, let's get a little bit, you know, and, 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 and it went really, really well. And suddenly I had a piece of the puzzle. So all problems are caused by overthinking. If Daniel has got an emotional problem, it's caused by overthinking. His mind is too speedy. It's too active. It's too opinionated. It's too conceptual. It's too uh, judgmental. It's too caught up in the past. And you know, in the three principles, anything in the past, bringing it into the present is dynamite damage. So, psychologically, you just, you just, so what do I do? I take the, I tell a bad joke. It works like a charm. The guy laughs. He's, he's beaten it already. Because the moment he laughs, he's not serious. You, you became, Daniel became too serious about his problem. He laughed. He liked it better than being serious. So he wanted to stay there. He wanted another bad joke. Okay, I got lots of bad jokes. And so, boom. And the level goes up. Once the level goes up, you're, you're engaging in a different human being. The level of consciousness has gone up now. And when the level of consciousness goes up, that's the healing. Not what you talk about, not the details. You don't want to talk about the details of the problem. You want to get a specimen maybe, but you don't want to get into the details. You want to just get into the feeling. And as the level of consciousness goes up, it heals. And it may heal in ways, in areas that you don't even know you were asking, which is generally what happens. Brings a whole kit with it. You see, when a level goes up, this is Sid now talking, level goes up, you get a kit. And the kit, you know, yeah, that comes in and brings all this answers to all this situation. Once you fulfill that kit and done all that stuff, bingo, another door opens up. And you go, I wonder what's in that door. Oh, this is a neat room. You go into the room and go, oh, look, at there's this kit here. And you look at the kit and you examine it and you start playing with it. And then after a while, you notice there's a nice comfy chair in the middle of the room. You sit down in the room. Gee, this feels really good. You get a little complacent and a little lazy. And then you look around. Oh, there's another door. And you open up the door. Wow, it's a great room. And you explore the room and get into that stuff. So if you don't stop, you got it. When you stop, you're just stuck in time. You're just, you stopped. You didn't have to stop. You know, if the light is not red, you don't have to stop. You just keep going. So spiritually now, the same problem. Everything is perfectly designed for Daniel. Everything that comes in, your sicknesses, your, 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 your suffering, all your stuff. It's all perfectly designed to teach you that you're not plugged in. Your job is to be plugged in. So when bad things happen, you stay plugged in. 
See, it's perfectly designed to teach you what you have to learn right now. And you don't question it. Why question it? But God knows what he's doing. You don't. You're an idiot. God knows. God knows exactly what you need right now. You, the idiot, think you know what you need and are totally wrong almost all the time. The bullshit in my head, I could write a book on it, a big book, but it's all bullshit. And you say, well, isn't there anything good in there? Yes, there is. But most of it is bullshit. And when is it not bullshit? When I'm calm and relaxed and not overthinking. Oh, back to the psychological. See, an accordion work together. You're just an ordinary guy using free will at the lower level to climb levels of consciousness where you use God's will and get your own free will out of the question. Just follow God. Personal power. How could it be personal power if you're following your own ego? Doesn't make sense. Your own ego is lack of personal power. That's its definition. It's, it's, it's a belief, a concept of who you are. False, of course, a false concept of Daniel. What's personal power? A truthful image of who Daniel is connected to the universal energy of one. Oh, back to this one. It's all one. Or I'm going to pretend it isn't lack of personal power. Would you be able to, I love this question, a how to question. Oh, how to. Oh. Yeah. A how to question. Because again, a, a lot of what I'm thinking about is people listening to the, the conversation saying, it sounds all great and dandy, but how do I do that? How do I get there? What do I do? Where do I start? Well, first of all, how to is a white man's question, not an indigenous question. Indigenous ask, why should I do that? Why should I have a quiet mind? What's the, why does that work? How does that work? The white man in his analytical intellectual pursuits ask how. He wants a textbook, one, two, three, four, five, six, and that's what three principles does on a lower level. It gives you a one, two, three, four. It, it's in, it only works one way. It's inside out. Da, 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 da. And people have something to hold on to until they come to the point where now you're on your own. And you have to trust your instincts. Don't tell me how you do it. Now, I'll be honest with you, if you want a good answer to that, you, you talk to some of your other guests who are more psychological and they'll give you a good answer for that. But the how-to is simple. Trust your instincts. That's how. Be yourself. That's how. I have to give a talk in front of a bunch of people. I'm like everybody. My first thought is, oh. Then my second thought is, oh, right. I just have to be myself. That always works. That's how you stop being dishonest with yourself. That's how. 
Stop lying to yourself. That's how. Stop pretending that you know the answer. That's how. Accept the fact you don't know the answer. That's how. And what should you do? Yeah, do nothing. Shut up for once in your mind and just go and eat the donut that you wanted to have. Get into a positive. If you're bummed out, the best advice I can tell you is plant positive feelings wherever you go. See, the problem with being bummed out, A, what are you talking about? What are you talking about when you're bummed out, Daniel? Why you're bummed out, all the horrible things that are happening. Yeah, and and it goes on. It's a river of, uh, uh, it's diarrhea. Okay, so, so, and it creates form. We know thought creates feelings. So that, so, so that doesn't, that doesn't work. So what does work? See, that's what you're interested in. What does work? Wrong use of thought does not work. Right use of thought does work. It's about time you learn to understand, to get the understanding how, how that works. And how does that work? You trust your instincts, you trust your feelings. You say, well, I can't, I'm, I'm all mixed up. That's right, because you've been lying, deceiving. But I can tell you when you calm down, you have a natural reset button. It's called balance. You, you go back to equilibrium. You're not in this constant bullshit world. What happens is you, you fooled yourself, you bought the, the wrong set of uh, advice, and you let it go. And when you let it go, as long as you're holding on to it, here. Elder said to me, tell me what worry is. I said, worry is nothing. And it is. You have a thought and you hold on to it. And you hold on to it. And you hold on to it. Like bummed out, eh? Hold on. And so, or addicted. You know, or mentally ill. Or stupid. And what Harry's doing for people that are listening and don't have the video is making a face and holding his finger really, really tightly. That's it. And so the, she says, well, what's the answer? I says, isn't it obvious? And he lets go of his finger. There's the answer. The thought just floats. See, thoughts by its own nature float by. But they have lingering effects, which is consciousness. And, and so they, by letting go, you're, you're saying to God, because God needs some acknowledgement from you, Daniel. It's not going to just deliver, because he knows you're a bullshitter. You've been bullshitting him all his, your life. And all this, you, you make the commitment. I say, okay. And you let it go. Do nothing. And God delivers. Remember, the mantra of today's class is you do your best and spirit will take care of the rest. 100% guaranteed. Money back, guaranteed. It's so simple, guys. Come on. 
Start doing your best. Don't tell me being bummed out is your best. You go, well, I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, that's correct. So then you have to look at where the answer is. Well, if all problems are caused by overthinking and you can't let it go, who's, of course, this is 3P, uh, low-level psychology, who's doing the thinking? I am. Then you got it. I am is a spiritual term. I am this. I am God. I am the thinker. I am the creator of my reality. I am with nothing else attached to it. I am one with God. I am God. Except I don't think so. But I am spiritual identity. You are. You are God. But course you and I are not enlightened so we don't we have not come to that level of awareness where we're fully engaged in that but we have tasted it the word I like is we have glimpsed it we've glimpsed that feeling I have just glimpsed it and you know what I don't pretend I'm not enlightened I know I wouldn't even pretend to be enlightened. I, you know, a lot of people want to follow me, and I go, if you follow me, you're a fool. If I hear you repeating my words, you're a fool. You must not listen to me. You must listen to yourself. It's so simple. Give it away. You don't want it. You don't want to be put on a pedestal. That's only a, a, a route to fall down. Besides, I don't deserve it. I don't. As you were speaking about I am, I thought about one of the questions that that I had recently in another conversation, speaking about what it means to feel that I am God and that challenge that most of us have with accepting that premise. And what came to me was the phrase of, I am always there. And what I love about that and what that meant to me was, I am always there, meaning God is always here, regardless of what I think, of what I do, of where I am, of what emotional state I'm living. God is always here. I am always with you. I am always you. God is always me. I am always God. And so that became kind of a, a connector, if you will. It helped me to connect dots of that idea that was very elusive to me. Well, of course, it, it is, that's truth. It's true. So it, of course, connects dots. The, what came to me when you were talking that truth, which, by the way, was pure truth, pure truth. Was, was that all healing, if you're looking for healing in the psychological or spiritual level, it's in the now. All you have to do is go into the now. And, and you just described going into the now. So all my teachings is, everything I say is 
to take the client into the now. And there, God reveals the essence of life, the truth. <laughs> I, I laugh because you know, I, I cannot tell you how many years I spent saying how difficult it is to be in the now, how difficult it is to be present. Years. Because I've, I mean, I've, I've heard that idea of being the present moment my entire life, being the now. It's something that you hear in almost every spiritual practice. Almost every spiritual leader will mention something about it. Historical poets will talk about it. I mean, it's everywhere. And we have this idea that it's so hard to do, but that's the illusion. It's, it's the easiest thing to do is just be present. Just be present. It is, to it, 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 it's, it's kind of a paradox. It is very difficult when you're not in it and very easy when you are in it. We have other phrases for that. In sport, we call it, being in the zone. We have musicians in the flow. These are all just examples of the people in different states of activity or states of mind enter the now, and that's what they live for. Um, and mathematically, it's, you, you go to sleep, you can't solve a problem, you wake up, your mind is relaxed, Boom, the answer's right there in front of you, in the now type, type of thing. It is the most natural state, and it is where you should head to for all your healing. Not 90%, all of it. As if you head towards what Daniel is talking about, I promise you you're going to have a better life, and you're going to become a better human being because you're uplifted, you upgraded the game. You took your thinking from a lower level of bullshit to a higher level of truth. That's our that's our job. Our job is to is to live at a higher level of consciousness. And the only way we can live at a higher level of consciousness is to drop the past. It reminds me the idea of and I love this concept, the idea of aligning with our higher self, the idea of aligning with the energy of life. And for me, what I've been learning and continue to learn and will probably always learn for the rest of my existence is this idea that when I am focused on the content of my thinking, I innocently resist my connection with all that is because I am focused on the separation of my experience, focused on what I'm experiencing. And having a deeper sense of this energy of life that lives through me and the capacity that I have to align with that makes it easier for me to let go of the concepts in my mind. And the more that I'm able to recognize innocently that I get lost, it opens me up. It opens up the possibility of that realignment. Even the smallest indication of awareness that I am just caught up and innocently caught up in something shifts and it starts opening up that gap 
that allows you, allows me to then feel that reconnection with life. And as soon as I do that, everything elevates, everything changes. My experience changes, my relationship to the experience changes. So what Harry and I are talking about is this idea of, again, having faith in what is true within yourself, have that connection with your existence that guides you and is available to you constantly. And that alignment with something that is more true within yourself than the misguided thinking that we are paying attention to. And for me, that was, that has been and continues to be very powerful in elevating my experience, in shifting my experience, in giving me a different relationship to my experience. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Now, I want people to understand, Daniel couldn't have talked like that at the beginning. And it isn't because he's talking to me that he's talking like this. As we enter into a more spiritual space, what happens is the, the, we don't know where truth is going to come out. It doesn't matter whether it comes out from me or from him. But we're in this collective unity, uh, this us energy that I call it. And in that us energy, we elevate our minds, our personal thinking has dissolved into a different, a mushy state of, of, of clarity. And so then he's sharing this feeling that he has because that's the spirit. You have to understand what the spirit is. It's nothing to do with form and it elevates the level of who Daniel sees himself. But more importantly, you can see it elevates his level of sharing so that he can see personal power that he has. It's not that he's interviewing Harry who's theoretically higher than him or not higher than him, whichever way you want to look at it, is irrelevant. But what is relevant is that he experienced something that came out from inside out, from God expressed to the gods out here. That's pretty powerful because that means if Daniel can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, one of the things that I found really fascinating, and it's it's in line with what you were speaking about earlier about following following whatever is being presented to you, and this whole podcast experience has been that. It's, it's been really fascinating to see how many times throughout the last episodes, I've been wanting to change things. I've been wanting to rearrange the order of the speakers because this one makes more sense before this one. And, and then I'm reminded, stop trying to control things. It's That's right. There's a, there's a reason I, I am trusting that there's a reason and a purpose for the speakers that have happened when they've happened. And I don't need to understand it. 
And what I speak about and what we speak about in these conversations, I cannot tell you how many times I listen back to the conversation and say, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. It's it's not what I wanted. It's not what I meant to say. It's not what I wanted to say. Oh, I would love to expand on that. And I go back to the intention of this whole conversation is for us to be connected with the flow of whatever comes out and to trust that whatever comes out is what's right. And it's going to help somebody out there. It's going to, if I have a rule, if it helps one person, the show's a success. It doesn't matter how many, one person's help, the show's a phenomenal success. And when you're talking about the design, that's what I'm talking about. We, in our heads, design things linearly, but the spirit does it spherically. And it, and it makes sense in the dimensional aspect of it. And everyone who gets into higher levels of consciousness has to face that. They have to give up their own personal opinion because God has a different opinion. Everybody, everybody, Daniel, faces that. And all of us experience the same thing. Oh, it worked out. If I didn't think too much about it, to get too aggravated and let it happen. And then after a while, you know what you do? You just let it happen. And if it doesn't make sense, it will stand out so that you will change it. But the, but the basic reality is I have learned one thing, Daniel, that has helped me a tremendous amount in the unbelievable evolvement of Harry Drabitsky. Unbelievable. Harry Drabitsky says yes most of the time. Where before, he said, I'll think about it most of the time. And then when he thought about it, it came out, no. The higher level of consciousness says yes most of the time. Because you can feel that God is designing it. That's the way it works. And you just go, oh, okay. I had this thing with uh, the mental health transformation group and this guy's a buzzsaw. He sets up podcasts and stuff all over the place. Well, it started to make me really busy when I was planning to take the summer off. So my initial reaction was, fuck, oh, excuse me, fooey him, you know, uh, you know, type. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and then my second reaction is, wait a sec, that's the dream to share this group. What am I doing? And so I just said, okay, let's do it. And guess what? Each one has been totally different. Some are for the audience. Some are for the guest. One of them, probably hardly anyone will listen, but the guest really got, the host really got a lot out of it. You know? And you, so you just, you're singing. You're sharing love around the universe, and the universe loves love. And does it love Daniel's love better than Harry's love? No, it loves love. And does it love Daniel when Daniel shares love? Uh-huh. 
that's what we're doing. We're kissing reality, personal power. Lovers of the highest dimension, the sensual nature of kissing Mother Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting kind of a <laughs> graphic. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, Harry, I, I, I would love to get a little bit into your books. Oh, sure. My pleasure. There's four of them, but the last two are the, the last book is called, and I want to describe it to the audience. So you, here's a guy, never been addicted. Now, all of a sudden, becoming an expert in three principles in addiction uh, and never taken a psychology course. But he understood about the spiritual nature of the principles as it applied to addiction or anything else, to tell you the truth. So the first book, so all of a sudden I'm doing this show and stuff, and, I, and I'm working in different places. You see, when you're with spirit, spirit provides work. That's the way it works. And uh, so I wrote my first book, and it's called Evolution of Addiction Recovery book one, and then on the top, you see there's a guy in the tunnel trying going out to the light, and it says, addiction, there is a way home. And that's where I was at, Daniel, with that book. I needed support from other 3P people because I wasn't sure what I was sharing. The results were mixed and so on. And so I wrote about being, there's a way home. And within it, I mixed in some indigenous stories and and evolution and so on. Now, two years later, Spirit says to me, got to write another book. I go, gee, I just wrote a book. It's a lot of work. He said, no, you got to write another book. I said, oh, okay. This one, Evolution of Addiction Recovery Reopened. Actually, now I know what I'm talking about. That's what it really means. Book two, it says, <laughs> addiction, there is a way to total freedom. You see that? This first one is 3P image, you, a way home. This one, total freedom. Would you rather just go home or would you rather have total freedom? Total freedom is what I taught in a second. And then it I say very clearly, it doesn't, this is a book, uh, this book will answer your question about being addicted, but it's, but it, it's really, Addiction is a metaphor for alleviating human suffering. So it answers all, all problems of alleviating human suffering. And it, it also will solve the addiction scenario that you're in. So it's more a metaphor in the second book. And within it, uh, I mix in the mystical side a little bit more. Because that's who Harry is. I don't do it because it's better than what others do it. I have no choice. It's the only thing I understand. Lovely. And of course, I'll have links uh, to these books in the description of the, of the episode. Tremendous. And, and, and a link to my acttraining.biz, my website as well. And, and with, within that, remember, I'm doing projects that I have no right to do but they're successful, what am I supposed to do? Say no? Like, isn't that the proof of the pudding? 
I mean, I'm the lead coach of mental health transformations. I've never taken a psychology course and I've never had mental health. How can I be the lead coach? Because I am. So as we're approaching, and we're actually, we've, we've passed the hour mark. Uh, I would love to finish off with anything that you would like to share. Okay. When you're looking for love, it has to be in a positive direction. And you are looking for love. And according to Sydney Banks, if you want to find the love, unlimited love that lies within you, the three principles are a wonderful way to allow that to happen. You cannot describe the three principles. They're formless, but they bulletproof any psychological problem you have. I guarantee you they bulletproof any problem if you trust the personal power of each principle. And what are the three principles? One, it's all one. They're all the same. They're just different angles at the same truth. You are, I am, we are. One being. Beautiful. So Harry, thank you so much for the time and everything that you've shared. I look forward to continuing this conversation at, at a later date. Been fun. This has been you're 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 definitely a step above most of the interviewers, way above. So <laughs> you you've found a niche. It's good. You're deeper than 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 the other interviewers. So that's important. And of course, you know, you can walk in many different worlds as well. So that's important. That's that's why you're doing the show. You're taking the listeners of of, who, of this show are going deeper than most of the podcasts and so on. You're, and you're asking questions from within your consciousness. That's what I have found out. Be yourself and be true to yourself. And you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong being yourself. So anyway, on that note, I, I will uh, again, thank you for everything. And uh, I look forward to continuing this conversation at a later date. Okay, send me the link as well. I look forward to it. And I really enjoyed this, uh, uh, Daniel. It is definitely deeper than most of the shit out there. I appreciate and, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. And and at the same time, it allows me a chance to dance a little bit rather than just talk about details. All right. Okay, good. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank Have you. Have a great a great day and we'll we'll tag up again sometime and uh keep keep singing and read the book the I will second do. one is quite a bit deeper honestly yeah. than the yeah. first i'm one. looking forward to it yeah i think you'll you'll really enjoy it and now that you've gotten some of the mystical nature of the indigenous you'll see how i blend that in as i bring more and more that the answer is in the mystical nature of the principles rather than the psychological but I don't exclude the, the beauty of the psychological nature. Don't yeah. exclude that. Yeah, I, I, find, I find that the, for me, the balance of that comes from the psychological description that's provided by the three principles grounds 
my understanding and the mystical back into my human reality, which is the reason that I am such a big fan of that description specifically. Right. Say that again. I'm, I, my mind wandered. I'm sorry. I, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I can, but I'll try. Okay. <laughs> that the what I love about the description that's found in the three principles is that it helps to relate what I'm exploring and learning about my mystical experience, my spiritual experience. It allows that psychological description to ground it back into my human experience. Oh, absolutely. they're really good at that. Really. Yeah, so good. for me, that's the blend is that and is again. And, and for, so, so the, for me, the beauty of the psychological description, that's my human experience. And then there's the mystical expression, sorry, the mystical experience or the mystical learnings, and that's my spiritual experience. And so the two are connecting each other and supporting each other and leveraging well, each other. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. They are. They are. Yeah you know, type, type of thing. And, uh, but that's, when those two become one, then you, you see the whole package yeah. and uh, you're, you know, that's correct what you're saying. And people have really identified with the human condition and it's important because if you exclude that, then you forget, then you're going to have a, like people who are just spiritual have a tough time with their mental health. And the answer is because they're uh, they don't have grounding to they're an ordinary human being. Yeah. They're, they're a spiritual being, and you know it's non-dualism or dualism or whatever. You know, it's they 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 have a lot of trouble connecting to the simple practicality that they don't know. And that, to me, is the human condition. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken me a long time to admit it, but, yep, Harry doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. So cute. And, and he sure spent a lot of time trying to prove to people that he did know. Coming back well, to the simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. So you empt this emptying process, you know, is is really uh, liberating because you're you're not contaminating it with pollution. You, I, I'm not saying totally or anything, but you're you're primarily getting losing weight. Say you were a big fat slob, which would be a typical image of this, and then you lose a hundred pounds. You're still Say you weigh 250, you're still overweight, but you've lost 100 pounds. Of course, you feel much like, then you lose another 30 pounds and then another 20 pounds. And then at a certain point, you go, oh, there's a body there. It's not just a big fat blob. And when you see that, you go, oh, I look pretty good. <laughs> okay it seems like it, it seems like we could... by the way i don't know where i'm going with this so <laughs> but i know i'm looking pretty good <laughs> uh, i i just 
I, I, I want to say that I'm sure we can continue talking for hours. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Have fun. Hasta la vista, amigo. And thanks a lot, eh? Absolutely. It's been, it's been an honor. Fun. It's been lots of fun Both for me, ways, too. Both ways, Daniel. Both ways. It's really a treat. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you heard something new that invites you to reflect, to go within and deepen your own understanding of life and of our universal experience. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow the podcast series on your favorite listening app and share this episode with others that you feel would enjoy it as well. Until next time, May we all soar with inspiration, explore with passion, and live with love.